0: to the Technical Area, your weekly Football Manager podcast, brought to you by me, your host, Gaffer Grameau once again. I suppose we could we could take the weekly again a little bit loosely. Apologies for missing last week's deadline, but it just seems to be one thing after another at the minute in terms of Football Manager time, in terms of everything else that goes with it. So, fingers crossed, this is the start and... Oh, things becoming a little bit more regular, a little bit more frequent once again. We've had an exciting week, I suppose, in football in terms from FA Cup shocks and upsets. And apologies if your team was one of the teams on the receiving end of one of those shocks and upsets. We've seen plenty of drama and action. The African Cup of Nations, the South American qualifiers, the Football League, leagues all across Europe, you name it. There's been plenty of action and of course... Last Monday bringing the drama of the transfer deadline day. All that last minute hustle and bustle and drama. It just has us hooked. Especially in those beautiful yellow and black colours that we can see now in Football Manager 2022. Last week's episode 6 got a little bit heavy I suppose when we were talking about inverted wing backs and the like. So I thought I'd get a little bit lighter this week and touch base on something that I suppose is up there in terms of something i'm passionate about a little bit even more passionate than uh, liverpool and that is um talking about goalkeepers i suppose an under misunderstood position in some ways in football manager because many of us you know don't put an awful lot of time and effort and that maybe we don't put an awful lot of thought and time and effort and consideration it's really um, Making sure that our goalkeeping position as well cater for well looked after. At the end of the day, when it comes to football, we all do look to have the best players in every position. And I suppose, in terms of a system, goalkeeping is a different world all in itself. It's a player who, so the most anti football player. I've heard that quote used many times talking about goalkeepers. An outlier on the pitch because where the game was all set up to become this attacking and beautiful spectacle for many. The goalkeeper is the one who tries to stop goals happening. The goalkeeper is the one who looks to stop beautiful plays happening, beautiful goals from happening by producing their own moments themselves. So, whilst many might still see the goalkeeper as the last pick on a team, the one who, you know, the one left over, the, the certain kid that we were all growing up was put in goal, we all have those memories. That when we look now at a goalkeeper, we can really begin to appreciate and value the importance of building your team up from someone very solid and very, very capable at the back. Because every system we have can be built on this. So, one of the big things I suppose I want to get started and talk about is the position itself. Because when we talk about goalkeepers now, and we talk about build and play from the back, it often does begin with the goalkeeper. Because the responsibilities of the players who play this position have changed much in the way as we talked about fullbacks last week. The biggest change I suppose, to the goalkeeping in recent times has been the change to the back-pass law after Italia 90. A very, very drab World Cup, World Cup where the back-pass rule was used by many, including Ireland, to great effect. But it did dull the spectacle. So the isolation of goalkeepers, the way they're they're looked at in build-up play, the way they're involved in the game, has changed from into this more involved player post-1990s. We've seen a steady growth in the role as distribution has become more and more important. The shorter distribution to build up a more possession-based approach, especially in recent times, and the fact that the goal kick rule has changed, that when goal kick is taken from that six-yard box, we can now see players inside the box as well. That real, real change in recent years. Really just embracing how football itself has changed and how the goalkeeping position and the role itself has changed. How football itself has evolved around building from this position. Because what we really have seen in many cases and in most clubs, in most philosophies, in most countries now is a decline of the standard goalkeeper and the rise of the sweeper-keeper. We're now seeing a rise of the player who is capable of playing with his feet as comfortably as a player who is outfield while also having the unique skill set, I suppose, that goes with being someone that needs to play in goal, who does play in goal. A little bit of reading and research, of course, was done ahead of this podcast this week. So if you want to get the inf- check out the links below, you'll find more information. And of course, credit to these people, credit to these sources for producing such wonderful pieces. If you look at passion4fm.com, they have a great piece on what makes a great goalkeeper. And in Football Manager, we look at certain attributes. There are the basics, like handling, reflexes, positioning and agility. Because all of these combine to make a basic goalkeeper, a basic shot stopper. And then once we move past that, we then go into looking at different areas of the game, different ways the goalkeeper can become involved. In a set-piece situation, we want a goalkeeper who has good communication and command of area. A goalkeeper whose aerial ability is quite strong and a tendency to punch. Now, as the modern game has evolved, goalkeepers do tend to punch, especially when you begin to look to more continental goalkeepers that have developed in line, I suppose, with the uh, engineering changes of them, footballs. So what we've seen is a tendency to punch. For anyone who does play in the English game, You know, any of us who have grown up playing the the British style of football. Handling, I suppose, and the tendency to punch, we're seeing as two opposite things. We've always wanted the goalkeeper to come and claim the ball and hold it. To come and catch that cross. It's interesting to see that, you know, in countries like Ireland right now, countries like America traditionally as well, there's been a great standard of goalkeeper produced from these countries. And I suppose when you factor in what the national sports are in these countries, in Ireland we've the Gaelic games, in America there's baseball, basketball, American football. There's a lot of hand-eye coordination involved. Players being taught to catch. So the fact that exposition to these um, sports, alongside I suppose you could say in the British sense, cricket, rugby, even to to a certain extent, but the fact we've seen we're exposed to these sports from a young age that i suppose it does bring about a, a characteristic of goalkeepers from these countries that the handling does tend to be a little bit more in uh, in focus and you know pushed towards holding the ball rather than a tendency to punch but when it comes to football actually, we do want to look at that tendency to punch as well because when you do need to make that decision when the goalkeeper needs to make the decision is this is a catcher or a punch you want your goalkeeper to be strong and comfortable in punching the ball clear. The fact that distribution has become very important in football, we then of course have to look at the likes of first touch, kicking, and throwing. We do want to build from the back. That's the way the game is moving towards now. But a goalkeeper who does build from the back has become this very, very deep line playmaker. With football becoming the way it has, passion for FM is even broken down. And um, what makes a good goalkeeper in areas of dealing with counterattacks and with mental, you know, what are the attributes that come into place there? So if you want to deal with counterattacks, which are becoming very, very popular in football, I suppose that we could consider the fact that rushing out one on ones and eccentricity would become important attributes to consider here. Eccentricity does, I suppose, have a negative connotation. We do think of the mad goalkeepers of the past, from Bruce Grabbler all the way up. To um, whoever else you can think of, you know, in in the modern game, eccentricity isn't just about the craziness and the madness. Think of it as, as Passion for FM says, the goalkeeper's flair attribute. Like a lot of positions, like a lot of roles on the pitch, mentals do play a very, very important part. You know, different sets of mental abilities. Different sets of mental attributes—they can determine a good player from a great player. So, when your goalkeeper is a good decision maker, can anticipate and read the game, of course has excellent concentration, has good composure, and excellent bravery, you are looking at a goalkeeper who is, you know, has the basics in order to succeed, has those strong attributes in his head mentally. That will enable him to be an excellent contributor in more than one way on the pitch now of course when you do go into the highlight screen on a player's profile you'll see those attributes light up so you don't need to go right and listen them down i should have said that at the start but i suppose then if you go and look at the byline piece there last year from mad fm player traits when it comes to goalkeepers as well are very very valuable because what we can do is like that we can build a goalkeeper up to be more than the numbers to have these tendencies just like we said before the player who becomes more than the sum of their parts really that there are these extra caveats to their game whether it's trying to play their way out of trouble using long throws to start counter-attacks avoiding using their weaker foot gets crowd going the fact that we can get into these and consider these attributes i think is very very important and of course the biggest thing to remember a good goalkeeper is a good goalkeeper Will peak much later in their career than the average outfield player, because what we see now is good goalkeepers don't tend to really appear at the peak of their powers until they are about thirty years of age. Now, one of the polls, and it did inform the next little segment, was asking: Do you play with a standard goalkeeper or do you go for a sweeper keeper? And seventy-five percent of those people who did vote on the community, that we are the community poll there last week, said that they do play with a sweeper keeper. So it only is right and fitting that we do consider and we do build this podcast around the fact that seventy-five percent of the community who did vote did participate, and I suppose we'd have a very similar number. Yeah, looking at those who didn't participate in the poll, they would see as well. You know what makes a good goalkeeper is now what makes a good sweeper keeper, because the thing is, if you look at Guy to FM defines it really, really well. A goalkeeper protects his goal, makes saves. Is the last line of defence and distributes in various ways. What a sweeper keeper will do is take these basic responsibilities and sweep balls up in front of and wide of the penalty area. Can initiate counter-attacking moves through direct balls. And then, of course, when we do have a sweeper keeper, we get to defend, support, and attack. Um, you know, responsibilities that do go with the role. So we can then push our sweeper keeper and develop. That position and integrate their contribution into the game. So whether it's you're going for the defensive sweeper keeper who's a lot more cautious, the sweet the supporting who will just step outside the box, or the more aggressive attacking sweeper keeper who will travel some way outside the box, be happy with the ball at his feet. We can then begin to consider how we build our team. Remember we spoke about how Thiago Motta spoke about the two seven two, and that in that central seven. The goalkeeper was one of those players numbered. So how does your goalkeeper factor in? Is it someone who's very cautious? Or is your sweeper keeper someone who is pushing almost nearly in line and level with those defensive that defensive back line? What we need from a good sweeper keeper is a player who has good vision and good distribution. If we want them to contribute. We need a player who will replace the role of the sweeper in the team. We need to play with 11 players on the pitch and not 10 and the goalkeeper. And a player who is, well, not as, you know, cavalier as a libero. We need to consider how our sweeper-keeper can combine to bring the full effectiveness of their creativity driven from the back. We use that training Uh, module play from the back we want that to include our goalkeeper so we need to factor that into our decision making of how can the sweeper keeper and the other combine with other players to bring the full effectiveness from that back how can you make that playing from the back as effective where if you have got four players and a goalkeeper is you want that to be normal seen as a five There's a great piece as well on the boy line, and it's talking about stacking goalkeepers. Again, more from Mad FM here. But it, in my perspective, it's essential to have at least three goalkeepers in your first team squad. Your first choice goalkeeper who's in the prime of his powers. A hot prospect who will also fill in as the reserve and third choice goalkeeper. And the senior pro who will again be the reserve or backup goalkeeper, depending on how you use the hot prospect. What I tend to do is I make the third choice available for the under-23s or the B-team and create a mentoring group just for goalkeepers that also factors in some of the ones in the youth setup as well. Do you want a penalty save an expert goalkeeper as well on your ranks? But if you're going to have to find one, check their decisions, anticipation and composure. That's a great little piece of advice because of course, while there is no penalty saving attribute, Considering the decision-making of a goalkeeper, their ability to anticipate and their composure in these high-pressure situations, we want a keeper who, like Egypt had for much of the African Cup of Nations, saving eight penalties. We want a goalkeeper who can make a difference and get us through those tricky games. The thing as well is, while you may not have this in your contract when you set up your goalkeeping little system, Defining a stable playing time pathway needs to be something you have established yourself, whether you've written it down on a notebook, a piece of paper, or you keep it in your head. Because we need to give young keepers plenty of opportunity to get great game time. Now, one of the supposed biggest and most um, important factors we need to consider is how do goalkeepers come into our squad? When you look at the community, I asked, you know, the community's interaction with this poll, I asked, what's a priority when it comes to goalkeepers? Is it to sign and develop them, or sign them just at their prime? And it was a very, very tight vote, but 60% of all voters said that they like to sign and develop goalkeepers, while 40% like to sign them at their prime. I suppose that does reflect how goalkeeping really is. Because like that with many other positions many clubs their philosophy would be to buy be sign players and develop them others might be just to bring them in at their prime and then keep moving them on there are plenty of articles out there to talk about the goalkeeping skill the ability to develop goalkeepers and all of these are listed down below i have to say as someone who you know spent most of my amateur playing career sunday league whatever it was whatever all that from sunday league to school boy level all that stuff as a goalkeeper, I was very fortunate. I was very stable for most of the time. But when things started to get choppy and change, you with clubs and managers, I, it was just then I lost my way. That you see, many managers have a goalkeeper they want to bring in with them when they become the manager of a club. And then when you are a goalkeeper without a club, it's very hard to find a club because many clubs have that stable person they can call on at all times. And when it comes to football manager, that's me. I tend to go in give it a period of time and then just say, make the decisions myself, say, do you know what? I'm going to bring in my own man. Some of the decisions, I suppose, could be seen as controversial. Others could be seen as, you know, understandable. Football Manager 20, when I took over at Wren, I dumped Edward Mendy after eight games, eight or so games, and I brought in my own goalkeeper, selling uh, Edward Mendy to Montpellier and signing Alexander Schwalov, who is now the goalkeeper for Hertha Berlin. In real life, I suppose you could say, you know, you could definitely side and say, well, I made the wrong decision there. But in that game, it was the best decision I made because of the standard season Schwalov have for me. When I left Rennes and went to Bayern, not long after taking the Bayern job, Manuel Neuer retired and I had to go and sign my own goalkeeper. And I went out and splashed, I think it was nearly 50 million pounds, or 50 million euros, on Wolok or Farines, That favourite football manager, goalkeeper, we all love to sign. And then, when I, moved, when I moved on from Bayern and went to Juventus, again I brought in my own goalkeeper, a new gen from Brazil, Rafa Castro. And since that point in time, it seems to be something I've done all the way through. At Utrecht right now, I'm in a very, very interesting place because I don't know who my first-choice keeper is. I've sold the no- guy in the number one because I wasn't convinced by his performances. I dropped him tr- two-thirds of the way through the previous season, Martin Pays, and I'm now left with three goalkeepers, and I'm not sure which of them is the number one. Is it the backup from last year, Eric Olishlegel? Is it the young guy, Fabian Decatur? Or do I go with my experience, new signing? Uh, Michael Langer. I'm in an interesting place here, but I suppose we can all be hard on goalkeepers. But the the best thing we could do is sign and develop. Because if we sign and develop, we give ourselves the best chance to have a goalkeeper come through our ranks in the image we want. When you are considering that approach, the best thing I suppose we could do is we all want to develop a balanced goalkeeper. Because we want a goalkeeper who's an all rounder. Someone who can give us the best chance to be effective in all phases of the game, whether we're in possession or out of possession. A goalkeeper who can command his area in the air and be equally as good when it comes to shot stopping. And while every goalkeeper will have their strengths, and these are something to be celebrated and reinforced, we need to develop the rest to make sure that the man at the very back of our defensive line, the last line of defence, is the best player for the job who we know control we can trust in every situation and while culturally different nations have different expectations of goalkeepers we do have to consider where we are in the game and what different strengths these nations these cultures can often bring the best thing i suppose we could do in the in the in building this school of goalkeeping is to recruit the highest standard of coaches possible not goes without saying Look at your, the ability of coaches' discipline, motivation, and working with youngsters before switching to check for those goalkeeper-specific attributes. Those different goalkeeping um, coaching attributes do have different connotations of what they get involved with. In. For example, handling, we'll talk about ball handling, area reach, command of area, and communication. So it's very important to try and find goalkeepers with different strengths across those three key areas. We want different intensities and priorities for the goalkeepers who start versus the rest. We want to make sure that the goalkeepers who are not playing regularly are being exposed to a more intense training period so that when we are in a position to call upon them, we can. Because like that, we have the preparation done behind the scenes. You see, goalkeeping is a separate game. So having an infrastructure in place to develop goalkeepers in your mould will help build up an identity at your club and how they can contribute to the rest of the team. Invest in your facilities, invest in recruiting and invest in other infrastructure at youth level as well. And then of course with scouts, get your scouts out there looking for the best as well. When it comes to the training of the, for the team and the schedule, the goalkeeper category has four different um, modules. Distribution, shot stopping, handling and one-on-ones. However, when you look at team training, goalkeeping can often be a secondary or tertiary focus. For example, attacking wings will train your goalkeeper's command of area, their aerial reach, their agility and bravery. And then when it comes to individual training, we want to look to train weaknesses, develop traits, and like I said already, develop the all-rounder. When you are looking to negotiate a contract for a goalkeeper, they often do get less. I think I heard recently that David De Gea is only on 100000 or so a week, which, although many seem seem as an awful lot of money, when you compare it to his influence and impact on Manchester United's performances this season compared to players who are earning three, four, five times, six times maybe, what he is, what he is I think De Gea, is, you could argue, is criminally underpaid for his output. So, when you are deve- looking to offer your goalkeeper a contract, if goal bonuses for a striker would mean more goals, can clean sheet bonuses help motivate your goalkeeper to, you know, up the ante that extra level? Boy, although goalkeeper and gloves do need to be kind of kept moist in order to preserve their longevity and increase their performances, greasing the palms of those keepers is a good thing, too. And when it comes to it down to it, just like in all positions, there is no substitute for experience. It's a very unique position, goalkeeping. It's one, I suppose, that has gotten an awful lot more celebrated as time has gone on. Where, although teams may have loved the goalkeeper, we're now in an era now where the goalkeeper is becoming the player. Peter Crouch over on the Peter Crouch podcast laughed about... People buying and wearing the goalkeeping shorts, Having goalkeeper jerseys. Because who wants to have the goalkeeper shirt. And he's right. Why? But when you look at the quality and calibre there is out there. We're now beginning to see a world where the goalkeeper is much more than a goalkeeper. When a goalkeeping transfer record stood from jean Luigi Buffon's move from Juventus to Juventus from Parma in 2001. All the way up to 2018, when Liverpool and subsequently Chelsea smashed the records by signing Alisson and Kepa respectively. You have to say, was goalkeeping really undervalued for a really long time? So, when it comes to your football manager save, look at the goalkeeping options you have available to you now and what ones you will have available to you in the future. And then maybe, just maybe, Begin to consider an approach, a philosophy, where goalkeepers can emerge into your squad, whether you have to sell them on or you have a pathway and a progression for them to become and shine at the top. Just like any other player, it deserves an equal amount of consideration. Now, just before you head off to do whatever it is you're doing with the rest of your day, whether it's driving home from work or a good commute, you're working from home, out for a walk, even playing football, manager, whatever it is, um, feel free to get involved with the pod. Down below you'll find all the links to the socials. There is a link, of course, down there as well for voice notes so if you do want to get your say in on any topic. That is a very, very uh, welcome contribution as well as all of those contributions. So thank you if you were one of those people who did get involved with the vote. And again, don't be afraid to comment, send an email, whatever else it is. All of the links again will be found down below to the sites I use for a bit of information. So feel free to check those out. And if you have enjoyed it, the podcast, please feel free to leave a positive review on whatever podcasting platform site it is that you use if it is allowed, because like that, it would be greatly appreciated just to get that little five or ten seconds out of your day just to give us a review what you think is fair topic for next week is not yet decided i do have a long list so hopefully i'll pick something off there and we can keep the conversations going thanks very much for listening stay safe and i will talk to you again soon bye now